just love that fucking stock music. It's got a good beat to it. What's going on, everybody? It's uh, midnight, Tuesday morning. Jared Atkins coming to you live from my home office here in southern Indiana. Uh, just going to do a uh, bonus episode, just me by myself. I got a lot of boxing to talk about. That's going to dominate 90% of this episode, if not more, is uh, got a lot of boxing talk. So, like I said, we got a lot of boxing stuff to break down. I know the qual- the audio quality on this probably isn't as good. I'm uh, recording with my wireless earbuds uh, off the Podbean app on our on my phone here instead of busting out all of our fancy $800 worth of equipment. Uh, if you could like and share the podcast, we appreciate your support. Steel Toes and School Boards, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can get us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Podchaser, Deezer. You can pretty much find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, so we're going to jump into a little boxing talk. Uh, ever since um, we started talking and including a little bit of boxing news back when we started our weeknight episodes back in April, I've been alluding to the fact that, you know, there was, as far as I was concerned, there was five fights um, in professional boxing this year that were the five biggest fights of the year. That was Tyson Fury and Dillian White. Uh, a week later, it was Katie Taylor versus Amanda Sariano, which I still believe to be the fight of the year. Uh, two women headlined Madison Square Garden. That's that's incredible. Uh, shoot ahead to June, we had uh, Devin Haney versus George Ferosis Cambosis. Uh, shoot back to uh, a few weeks ago. We had um, Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua. And then just uh, two or three days ago, we had the biggest fight of the year as far as I'm concerned, or one of the biggest, especially talent-wise and notoriety and namesake. You had the trilogy of all trilogies. You had Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin. Uh, Canelo Triple G Part 3, the trilogy of all trilogies. Uh, so we we got a lot to talk about. Uh, in addition to now, um, <laughs> 2020, uh, 2022 has been a hell of a year boxing-wise around the boxing world. And now we're on pace for a potential uh, eight, maybe nine, maybe, maybe nine. Uh, you could, you could, it's either we have eight big fights now this year with three more expected to go down before the end of the year, or you could call it nine, eight with a bonus or nine. I'm probably going to call it nine. I'm going to just go ahead and say fuck it. As of right now, uh, 12.06 a.m., September 20th, 2022, we now have uh, nine big fights for the year. Uh, and this is why I love boxing. You know, if, if you if you don't think that... Boxing is making a comeback compared to where it was uh, when the UFC took it over, you know, almost 20 years ago in MMA. You're mistaken. The rise of the Ultimate Fighter, we've all seen it a million times over. Stephen Bonner, Forrest Griffin, the Ultimate Fighter. That's what really brought MMA and UFC more mainstream. That's what, that was boxing's nail in the coffin. And it started to make a comeback. And these five fights that we've had this year, and now the addition of uh, four more, 
it's impressive. But before we do that, uh, before we get into all that, those other fights that are coming this year, um, we're going to go ahead and break down Triple G, Canelo Part 3. Um, hell of a fight. Obviously, I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm not uh, living a lavish enough lifestyle here to be purchasing all these pay-per-views probably next year. Uh, if there was ever going to be one I bought this year, it would either have been Taylor versus Serrano back in April, but it took my son to see the NWA wrestling in Kentucky. Or it would have been this one, Canelo Triple G. This is, I mean, the trilogy of all trilogies. Uh, and it went down in Sin City, Las Vegas. It couldn't have been a more perfect place. Um, and I guess you can say that uh, I've been humbled. Uh, their very first fight in 2017 was a draw. They fought a year later. I think it was 2018, 2019. I think it might have been 2018. I can't remember. Their second fight decision, Canelo won. Gennady Glovkin, who I was pulling for, because these guys are both talented athletes. They're both great boxers. I've just been a huge Gennady Glovkin fan. I personally thought that Glovkin was going to get his comeuppance here, uh, his receipt, however you want to say it. And Canelo pretty much put me and the rest of the boxing world and the tractors in our place. As uh, Canelo won the unanimous decision to remain the undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. All four belts are on the line. Uh, and Canelo dominated this fight. Uh, defense. Defense wins championships. And you know what? You can apply that to boxing too. Defense wins championships. Uh, jabs, left hooks, overhand rights. Uh, and then, you know, Triple G spent over half the fight working behind uh, an ineffective jab, uh, almost digging himself into a hole on the score. Or actually, I guess he did dig himself into a hole on the score card, scorecard. And uh, the first two rounds, uh, according to, uh, I'm looking at some of the stats here, because I, I mean, I didn't watch the fight. I've seen the recap, but I'll, I always pull up the stats-wise. Stats-wise, it looked like Triple G only landed 32 jabs in the first round. I mean, that's how good Canelo's defense was. And as the rounds continued to, to get further along in this championship fight, things didn't get no better for Triple G. And Canelo would just keep him hunting. Would just keep him hunting, trying to land something. And, uh... Honestly, uh, I seen them fight the very first time, September 2017. I seen that fight. I, I watched that. I did watch that. Fair preview. The rematch a year later in 2018, didn't see that one, just watched the highlights. This one, didn't watch. Just watched the highlights, read the recaps. From what I can remember from their first fight and what I've read from the recaps, this fight here was far less competitive almost than what the first two fights were. And that again is a testament to uh, how good Canelo Alvarez was going into this. Now, one thing I want to mention here is something that was just interesting of note. Uh, 
the last three or four fights that Gennady Golovkin has had, he has shown uh, an extreme weakness or vulnerability when he gets tagged in the body, you know, chest, abdomen, ribs, wherever. When he's getting body shots, he's shown a weakness the last few fights. And I want to thank uh, a YouTube channel. Uh, I'm drawing blank. Uh, they had pointed this out, one of the recaps that I had watched. And they showed clips of other fights that uh, Triple G's had. He sh- he's shown a weakness to the body. So I would have expected Canelo to kind of work that into his favor. Uh, but he, he didn't, not that much. And what was interesting is... Uh, Canelo had promised a knockout. Didn't happen. I did not go into the... And I've said this. If you go back and check out my boxing recaps in our uh, in our archives, never one time... Um, excuse me. Plug my phone in here. Sorry, guys. This is real professional. The EQ probably sucks with these wireless earbuds and this new phone. But, uh... Okay. Uh... Anyways, um, and I've said in prior episodes, a bunch of these big-name fights, a bunch of these top guys, I keep talking about a knockout. I didn't think anybody was going to knock each other out. And the same thing went for this. Canelo uh, being Canelo. Uh, Canelo's quite a character. You know, he was he was calling for a knockout. It didn't happen. Uh, but, I mean, he, he won by a... a a big margin. Uh, eight points at least. It looks like, uh, according to uh, CBS Sports here, because that's uh, CBS Sports is uh, one of my trusted boxing uh, recaps here. Uh, according to them, they scored the fight 118 to 110 in Canelo Alvarez's favor. So uh, eight points, that's a, that's a pretty big gap. Uh, what happens now? Um, I honestly, because I'm a boxing fan, I honestly wanted to see Gennady Golovkin win for two reasons. One, because I wanted Gennady to win, because I like Gennady Golovkin. I do like Canelo, but it's like uh, asking me to pick between which fruit I want to eat more, uh, apples or oranges, I'm going to pick apples. So... But the second reason I wanted to fight is because I wanted a fourth fight. Because here you go, if you've got Canelo wins the decision in their second fight, Gennady wins their third fight, their very first fight five years ago was a draw, well then you've got to go to a fourth fight. Will we see a fourth fight? I don't think there's any need for it, but uh, uh, what have I said? This is one of our trademarks. I ought to put this in our show opening because I say it so much. At the end of the day... Sports is a business. If there's money to be made, it will be made. And that's where we're at. But I don't honestly see that there'll be a fight. Uh, and kudos to Canelo. Can, you know, Triple G's talked mad shit. If you go back and you hop in your Google machine and you look going into this fight, Triple G's talked some some mad shit over the years. Um, so, Canelo being the consummate professional that he is. Canelo was, did send up in praise. Canelo would say, quote, that he's a really good fighter. He's strong. He's a great fighter, and that's why we're here. I'm glad to share the ring with him. I'm going to keep forward 
to keep my legacy strong. Now, um, Canelo's already kind of looking ahead, by the way. What, what I mean by that is, uh, he said he's committed to fight the winner between uh, the WBA lightweight champion, Dimitri Bivol, and Gilberto Ramirez on November 5th. Now, you're asking me why does that sound familiar? Uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but we've touched on that in the past in our archives. Canelo took an emergency fight with Bivol back in May, and that would have been the first loss on, Cam- on Canelo Alvarez's record since September of 2013. Now, rather than immediately uh, seek to enact his rematch clause, Canelo decided to settle his score with Golovkin in a fight that we've all wanted. Uh, Now, he's, you know, I don't want to make this too much about Gennady or about uh, Canelo and Bevel, but uh, Demetri Bevel did say after his fight with Canelo that uh, the respect he had for Canelo, Canelo took a fight on short notice. Uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but there was a small weight difference there. And honestly, now that I think about this, I don't remember why Canelo stepped in in emergency for the other guy. I don't remember what what happened there. I don't think it was the same. I don't think it was a booked fight. I think Canelo was pulled as an emergency. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I mean, this was six months ago. I don't five months ago, four months. I don't remember what exactly happened, uh, but. Dimitri Bivol, being a, a professional, said that Canelo stepped in basically on short notice and, and gave him this fight, and, you know, Bivol got a huge boost in his career. Even though it wasn't for any championships, he still beat, you know, a holder of four titles. Uh, so Bivol was more than willing to give Canelo a rematch if he ever wanted it. So that's coming down the line. Now, what's next for my boy, Gennady Golovkin? Triple G, this was only the second loss on his fight. Now, he still holds the IWBF and the WBA middleweight titles and said that after the fight, he would return to the 160 pounds for his next fight, brushing off, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, Glofkin would say, everybody knows this is a high-level class. This is the best fighter in boxing. Everybody knows who is Canelo. It's a huge fight. Uh Congrats to Canelo. Like, Triple G kind of just, you know, held his mouth in check. Um, so, I guess, I mean, this is sort of an anticlimactic podcast. I've, I've talked about this for so many months now. Uh, even though, and you got to keep in mind, September of 2017 was five years ago when I watched the very first fight on pay-per-view. I... Watched highlights and red recaps on their second fight a year later, and I watched highlights and red recaps on this fight here that just took place a couple days ago. While this one wasn't as competitive as the first one, I believe, and I agree with that statement, and it's out there in the internet, a lot of people will say it too. You witnessed, without a doubt, two of the best ever inside the ring. Congratulations to both of them, even though Kennedy lost. Congratulations to him anyways, because, uh, you know, when you're probably, when you're arguably two of the top 10 to ever do it in your division or maybe overall, uh, and you still lose, but you're in there, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, 
and he had a bad day at the office. What goes next for Gennetti, though? I, I don't know where he goes. Obviously, he's going back down to 160. Uh, Canelo, you know, eventually he's going to have title defenses coming up and the return match with Bibble, just out of respect. Uh, but, oh, well, I guess I should say, as I'm uh, looking at a recap real fast, I wanted to point out. Of course, everybody took to Twitter, all the usual suspects, the celebrities and the pro athletes. Um, Steph Curry, uh, and then, of course, DAZN Boxing, uh, Eddie Hearn. Um, you know how I feel about Eddie Hearn. Uh, Eddie Hearn weighed in. Uh, but anyways, Steph Curry was in attendance in Vegas. Uh, Chris Eubanks, uh, great boxer himself, weighed in as well. and A lot of people. And, of course, in the press conference, or the uh, the post-fight, Canelo had to put the crown on. So, you know, you got to love a little bit of theatrics. But um, I'm not going to do a full round-by-round breakdown. Uh, there's no need to this time. But, uh, okay, so to put that to bed, we've talked about, we've now had the five biggest fights of the year, I said. You know, back in March when we started this, we've been talking a little more boxing. We started doing the weeknight episodes. Excuse me. I looked ahead in March and I said, here's what the calendar year looks like. Of course, you're going to have stuff added in, dropped in all the time. But here's what the calendar year looks like. These are the five biggest fights of the year. These are the ones everybody should pay attention to. Well, now, within the last few, and and keep in mind, a couple of these have been made public uh, within the last few weeks. But... We've just had so much going on the podcast so that I haven't brought them up. And then I have done um, any of my solo recaps or anything myself. Um, but we now have uh, three more fights added. So we have a big eight. And I guess technically we have a big nine. I don't want to call it a bonus fight because that's disrespectful of these gals. Uh, but they originally had a fight. so And I'll, and I'll start with that one. Uh, so coming in at, at nine... Um, it's Clarissa Shields, the GOAT. Yeah, you heard me. Not the GOAT, the GOAT, the greatest woman of all time. That's what. That's Clarissa Shields. Uh, she's going to be uh, taking on Savannah Marshall. That should have happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. But, of course, uh, Queen Elizabeth passed away. And the British Boxing Board made the decision to postpone the event and it has now been rescheduled for October 15th at the O2 Arena. They're going to honor tickets that had already been sold. Uh, this is going to be a, a huge fight. Uh, this one's been uh, talked about for a while. Uh, I get really excited about women's boxing. Kurt, Kurt always laughs at me about that. He's He doesn't understand my fascination with that. But um, Clarissa Shields is a badass. Savannah Marshall's no pushover. Uh, this will be, uh, I you know, and, and and getting off track here, uh, I put this on me because I've, I've seen this fight coming earlier in the year, and I didn't really think that much of it. But at the time, I wasn't still that familiar with Clarissa Shields. I knew enough about her. I followed her on Twitter. But then as I started checking things out, 
And then especially with this whole move back with the queen thing and this has started to, um, you know, I was wrong about this. I missed this one. So, so kudos on me. So it's, uh, it's either, you know, bonus fight or big fight number nine, but that's coming up. That's going to be, uh, definitely worthy of something. And kudos to them for everybody for respect for, uh, the passing of Queen Elizabeth. You know, uh, moving on, uh, we have a rematch, and that rematch is for the fourth biggest fight of the year that we had that went down. In my opinion, it was the fourth biggest fight uh, that went down back in June, and that was Devin Haney versus uh, George Ferocious Cambosis. Uh, The first fight went down June 4th in Australia, Melbourne Arena, I think it was. Uh, the hometown boy, Ferocious, defended the uh, WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, and the ring titles uh, against Devin Haney. And I had predicted Ferocious to win that thing, and I whiffed on that. Obviously, that was not the right outcome. Uh, George was a little bit of a dick. He ran his mouth. He said some really disrespectful things, things you shouldn't say. Uh, this isn't the nineties anymore, but I do like trash talk. So I say that, unfortunately it's not the nineties anymore. Uh, and George just didn't fight like a champion. I don't know what happened. You can hear all about the breakdown. I did a, I think I even did a round by round breakdown uh, if you go back into our to our uh, archives, excuse me. If you go back into our archives, back in June sixth or seventh, it was uh, it's one of the, it was the laundromat listenings episode four or five. I broke down that fight, uh, but now uh, things have changed. Devin Haney is now the undisputed lightweight champion, and October fifteenth, it's going down in Australia again. Kudos to. Uh, kudos to uh, Ferocious's camp there. I don't know if that's that's top rank. Is that top rank? Frank Warren, top rank. Is that? I can't remember. I'm sure I'll come across a minute. I'm pulling up a Google search now to give you exact information here. So it, it will be it will be going down in Australia. Ferocious's camp got the rematch to still be in Australia, which means Haney's got to leave. L.A. or Vegas, wherever he's fighting out of. Again, I don't remember. Uh, in his first title defense, after winning the titles four months ago, five months ago, he's got to he's got to defend him, uh, and, it, and it will be it'll be in a. It was at Marvel Stadium last time. Here it is. This time it's going to take place in the Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. Uh, what's interesting about this is if you check social media and, and check things. Uh, Cambosis isn't yapping as much as he was before the fight when he lost his titles. And uh, Devin Haney had Devin Haney uh, said something about that uh, about a week or two ago. He uh, yeah, just kind of a statement. He said he's quiet right now, like he should have been before our first fight. He said, "I would I wish him a very healthy training camp. I'm expecting a hungry and determined Cambosis on October 16th in Melbourne." 
I will be prepared for any adjustment he brings. And this is a great opportunity to gain more Aussie fans and add to my legacy. Now, Haney turned pro when he was 17 years old. I think I talked about that in the first episode. He won some national titles. He fights uh, out of Mexico to start his career. And then uh, eventually he got in line. He won the interim WBC title in, 19, in uh, 2019 against uh, Antonio Moron. Uh, now, he defended his belt. Haney defended his belt four times before facing Cambosis in June. Now, Camposis would turn pro in 2013. Uh, he would take care of Lopez back in November, TFMO Lopez, uh, in 2021 November, and he would win the WBA, IBF, WBO, and the ring titles. Haney was the one that came into that with the WBC belt. Every title was on the line. And in a decision fight, a fight that did not go Cambosa's way. And I'm glad I didn't, you know, bet on fights. And I don't do a lot of sports betting anymore. 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17 ish. I was, you know, I had a Bovada account. I don't even know if Bovada still exists anymore. I would do Bovada and I'd do some, like, some uh, fan duels or DraftKings. That was it. But I'm glad I haven't put money on any of these fights this year. Because my record, I'm like, I've lost about half of these fights where we've talked about on the podcast and I've predicted the winners and outcomes. So I've completely, completely whiffed on these. So, um, but George just did not fight like a champion. His head clearly wasn't in the fight. He'd done a lot of trash talking. I don't know if he didn't have a good camp. Going back to prior to June 4th when they had their fight, what I had seen on YouTube and social media and everywhere and on some of the boxing apps I have, it looked like he had a good camp. Uh, But to me, it just looks like he thoroughly underestimated Devin Haney. So now what happens now that we go to this twice? I don't have any, I don't have a whole lot of fight details. I don't have a whole lot of breakdown of the contract of of who, and, you know, that's all shit I like to include in these episodes. I don't know what the payout's going to be. I don't know what the, the contract stipulations are. I don't know what happens after the outcome of this person winning. Or the, All I know is we're getting to see a great bout for a second time in six months. And these guys are going to hook up one more time. Home field advantage to Ferocious. Uh, Australia. I don't know if this fight will be involved. Uh, this, you know, I I tried to watch part of this fight. I don't remember what I said in our last thing. Um, the recap on it. I think I fell asleep before they went to the ring. Uh, you can view it on ESPN Plus. I mean, I have ESPN Plus on my phone. It's like seven, eight ninety nine a month, whatever. I mean, you can watch fights. Uh, so, but you got to keep in mind this is in the land down under. So. You are going to, uh, it's going to be a late night here in the States. You're probably looking at, you know, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night when they hit the ring again. So, uh, right now, from what I can see here, uh, the last, uh, when I pulled this up, and uh, I don't know how often this gets refreshed, but uh, 
Haney's going off at uh, 900 as a favorite, while Cambosis is a 530 underdog. So, but of course, Devin Haney comes into this 28-0, 15 wins via knockout in 28 fights. George Ferocious Cambosis comes in 20-1 with 10 wins via knockout. Of course, his only loss coming to Haney back in June. So there's that. Um, Now, uh, here we go with another fight. Like I said, 2022 has decided to grace us. All right, sorry about that. <laughs> I got distracted. Squirrel. Uh, so now, like I said, 2022 has been the the, the, <laughs> the year of boxing. And uh, we hit September. We have our five biggest fights of the year that I've harped on since March. And now here we go. The boxing gods are you know, giving us four more fights. Uh, three, because technically the fourth one was already planned. It's just been pushed back to make uh, an awesome night for boxing because it's going down on the 15th as well here, which and then the 16th. But anyways, uh, talking about Shields and Marshall and Annie Cambosis. But uh, I've got Tyson Fury news. He is going to be setting the ring game, but we're going to save that for last just because it's Tyson. It's the Gypsy King. Uh, what I am probably most excited about out of all these four is uh, we're getting Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr. Uh, they're looking at November, and they're looking at Vegas. Uh, both parties have agreed to uh, material terms for this fight. This will be for the undisputed welterweight championship. Now, what they're looking at, at least according to the news in the last three or four days, is they're looking at November 19th in Vegas. Uh, the deal has not been signed yet, to the best of my knowledge, by either party, although both parties, camps and their managers and their attorneys are looking at some language in the agreement. Right now, Terrence Crawford is ranked as ESPN's number one or number two pound-for-pound boxer overall, and he's the top welterweight. Uh, Now, this package that they're trying to put together is working. It does include a a bilateral rematch, which means basically the loser will have the right to exercise a rematch. If the rematch clause gets triggered, (laughs) the winner of that fight would get the majority of the money for the return fight. Uh, So now this is going to be about a 147-pound summit meeting, which means Spence is holding the WBC, WBA, and IBF titles, while Terrence Crawford has the WBL boat. This would be promoted as um, a co-promotion between Errol Spence's Mandow promotions and Terrence Crawford's TBC promotions on a pay-per-view. Uh, now, Errol Spence has made uh, no bones about it. He said, I want Terrence Crawford. That's the fight I want. Now, uh, Errol Spence is ESPN's number two welterweight and number three pound-for-pound boxer overall. And this was in April when he was going out saying this, which if you remember, uh, I don't remember who fought back in April or May. One, one of these two guys fought last in April or May. 
and uh, there was some serious shade being thrown at each other across social media. Like, serious shade. Like, these guys want to get in the ring and slug it out. This ain't this ain't about two homeboys getting down. This is about pride. This is about I'm the better guy than you. Um, now, uh, let's see. Who was it? Who did fight in April? I'm looking here. Spence fought in April. He fought Yugis in April, and he had a 10th round TKO to capture a third belt. Uh, yeah. Okay. Or was it Crawford? I can't remember. Yeah, okay. I got screwed up. It was Spence. Yeah. So now, um, this is going to be easy. Uh, Terrence Crawford said, uh, everybody's saying Errol's back. He's 100% ready. So now's the perfect time for me and him to fight. This is what he told ESPN back in April. And I tell you guys, after this fight that Spence had in April, you just, there, I literally sat there on Twitter and watched this back and forth with these two guys. Was there, is there respect there? 100%, I believe. But was there a lot of shade being tossed? Absolutely. And that's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, Crawford's coming into this at 38 and 0, 29 knockouts. So, while Errol Spence is 28 and 0, with 22 knockouts. Okay? So, you know. Here we go. How do I feel about this? Uh, I haven't bought a single pay-per-view all year, and I'd said if I was going to buy one, it would have been Canelo Triple G or Taylor Serrano. Well, the only reason I didn't get Taylor Serrano, and that was the fight of the year, was because I took my son to see wrestling. I had a father-son bonding moment, front row up on the guardrail, professional wrestling, five hours worth of TV tapings. We sat in that... Building full, 2,500 people. All the while, I know I'm wanting to watch this boxing pay-per-view, but I'm making memories with my son. Here's my chance to... I might get this pay-per-view. It's just... Um, so anyways, I mean, that's just... Uh, I'm not going to break it down much more than that. It was just me, you know, just kind of telling you guys, hey, this is going on. I'm really excited about it. You're going to hear me clamor about it and. uh a couple of upcoming podcasts. I mean, I don't really think this is all life-changing information that you needed, but there it is. And then, of course, uh, we'll end with uh, Canelo, Canelo, with Fury, Joshua. Tentatively, they're expected to square off December 3rd at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. I like Tyson. Tyson's a bit of an asshole, Tyson Fury, but I like Tyson, the Gypsy King. Uh, he's a big pro wrestling fan, by the way, so that's, that's you know, bonus points for me when you do that. Uh, Tyson, for a couple of weeks after the the Fury fight, or the Alexander Usyk fight, 
was uh, just calling him out, calling out Anthony Joshua. Of course, Joshua lost to Alexander Usyk uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Anthony Joshua is just not the same guy that he used to be. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. He could get in here and uh, he could do. He ain't gonna clean Tyson Fury's clock. Ain't nobody gonna clean Tyson Fury's clock. And if anybody does, it's gonna be Usyk. But I don't. I don't know why this fight's even fucking taking place. Now, see, Tyson had to defend the belt against Dillian White. Back in April. That was our fifth biggest fight of the year. I put that one in, you know, last place. That had to happen. That was a mandatory challenge by the WBC or whoever it was, whatever governing body of boxing it was. Now he's at the point now where he can take a voluntary challenger, which means he can challenge or accept a challenge from anybody he wants. It's not mandatory. Why he's... Wanting to climb into the ring, I don't, I don't understand this. You know, Tyson Fury has been ever since that fight with Dillian White back in April. The last five months, it's I'm retired. Well, I've come out of retirement for this. Well, I'm retired. Well, I'm retired. Well, now he's fighting Anthony Joshua for why? And like I said, you know, October, October, back in August, whatever it was, twentieth, twenty seventh, whatever week it was, he lost that fight to Usyk. And then Tyson just decided to roast Anthony Joshua. Now, they're looking at December 3rd. Uh, There was another date that was scheduled for December 10th. Tyson Fury has been adamant that he's he's prepping for something with Usyk or something. Because Tyson doesn't want to fight no later than like the first or second week in December. Well, here comes Anthony Joshua just off this massive, just... Brutal beating he took at the hands of Alexander Usyk. And he's wanting to put a little time in it. He's, he's like, I'll do it at the end of January. I'll do it at February. Tyson's like, no, I have to get ready. Tyson's working for something come January, February. It could be that the heavyweight contender fight, that uh, contender series that's going on right now, the uh, whatever governing body in boxing it was, is it the WBC? I don't know. They're uh, they're going through a couple of contender series fights right now with like four heavyweights, and it's going to come down to uh, we've got another heavyweight fight coming up with another guy. Then when he wins that fight, I think we I think you know we're going to have a showdown. It, it's all to challenge Tyson, pretty much. Uh, so, but I think at the end of the day, Tyson's also still fixed on he's going to get a fight with Usyk, which is a fight that everybody wants to see. Now, Alexander Usyk, you know, he's had a lot of shit going on right now with you know his he's he's Ukrainian. So he spent a lot of time uh, helping his country with the whole fucking Russia war invasion thing. So there was talks would he even be able to uh, be ready to fight Anthony Joshua? Would he be distracted and he'd just come in? He, I mean, he just outpointed AJ. And then, like I said, Tyson's been dogging AJ. And here we are. Uh, the contract, it's it's about money. Tyson believes he should be a title big. Tyson uh, Fury's got more money than God right now, almost. Uh, but, you know, whatever. But the fight, if they can agree to terms, it'll go down December 3rd or December 10th. I, I Last I heard, it was possibly the 3rd, but I heard that um, AJ's camp's trying to push it back. And, of course, Tyson Fury responded with, you know, you're a professional athlete. And not only are you a professional athlete, but you're the most important kind of professional athlete. You're a combat fighter. You know, combat fighter, professional wrestling, boxing, MMA. You're a combat athlete. So you should keep your body in consistent 
shape to be ready 24-7. You know, and if you're already staying in shape 24-7, if you can't get yourself mentally and physically prepared for a heavyweight fight in two or three months, then you shouldn't even be fighting. Which uh, pissed off Anthony Joshua's camp. And so here we are. So that pretty much wraps up the uh, the boxing breakdown. This is just a, a little bit more content out there. Um, just me to get on here and talk to myself for 40, 45 minutes about boxing and listen to you guys. Listen to maybe five or six of you download the episode that cares. Uh, but it's just also keep you informed. Uh, I've really got in boxing. Boxing is making a comeback. Boxing is making a comeback. The mixed martial arts and the UFC in general took boxing down and took over as the leading form of combat entertainment. And boxing is starting to make a comeback. And with the addition of three or four more fights to an already super awesome. And think about this. There's been there's been a lot of great fights in 2022. I just didn't talk about them because I didn't put them in the top five like must-see fights. Top five, you must buy this pair. Top five, you must watch this. Top five, this is going to break. You know, this is going to make some money. This is going to sell some paper. There's been a ton of them. And we're getting three, four more of them this year. So it's 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 awesome. It's exciting to look uh, look forward to, and I would definitely keep you updated on all this stuff. I would definitely keep you informed on all this stuff without question. Uh, and again, um, you know, Kurt and I are fresh uh, about nine or ten days off of our uh, trip to Richmond and our collaboration with After Two Beers Podcast, which was a tremendous time. I am still working on converting their audio. Uh, if you want to, if you. Uh, if you want to hear us with them, they have uploaded their episode to their uh, podcast channels or Spotify, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever. Uh, and it's just their episode name is titled our show. It's just uh, After Two Beers, episode number so-and-so, Seal Toes and Scoreboards podcast. And so that's there. Uh, they recorded about an hour episode with us. I've got to do a little bit more editing. I, I do have them downloaded. Uh, I'm converting the video to audio. It just it's technical stuff, and plus I've been a little lazy. Uh, I will get that up soon, so you will be able to hear that episode. That's coming, and then uh, this coming weekend, uh, barring some sort of setback, Kurt and I are going to present to you uh, Jimmy Hoffa, which is something we're both excited about and really proud of. And mainly, uh, once again, we just want to thank you guys for your support on the podcast. Um, we're continuing to hit good numbers. So far, with uh, 10 days left to go in the month, we're only at 50 downloads, which has got me worried, considering uh, July and August, we broke records both months. And I don't think we're going to set the record this month for a third month in a row. I'll be happy if we hit 100 downloads this month. But we're starting to gain traction, and we thank you guys for that. Uh, we're going to have some Patreon stuff go up eventually. I'm going to start setting that up. Uh, and that'll be a way, if you donate a little bit to the podcast, you can get exclusive bonus content. Or you can set in on an episode with us. We'll have we'll break it all down. We're going to work on our Patreon. Uh, I, I rolled one out initially uh, six weeks ago, but I didn't quite understand what I was doing. I was uh, a Patreon peon. 
So I need to go back and retool it a little bit. But uh, other than that, guys, I hope you enjoyed this little breakdown, just a little boxing talk, getting you all excited for some hand-to-hand combat. Uh, for Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. This has been a, a bonus episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. And we will catch you guys next week.